and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends, Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim. This podcast is born out of our friendship of sharing all kinds of things together, our walk with Christ, our insights, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. If you're looking for a place to belong, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. If our podcast has blessed you, would you please consider financially supporting Abiding Together via Patreon? Patreon is a website where people can make donations to help keep the podcast going. And now that we at Abiding Together have an independent platform, we have a number of costs that go into creating the podcast and the high-quality content we offer, such as our website, design, tech support, staff, and other elements. Having an independent platform also allows us to explore and create new content for all of our listeners to enjoy, so thank you so much to all of you who are already donors. When you donate through our page on Patreon, you are able to donate any amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $500 a month, or just a one-time offering. Abiding Together is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization, and donations are tax-deductible. So would you please prayerfully consider giving to Abiding Together? If you donate $15 or more per month, you become a tribe member and you will receive a short individual video from Michelle, Heather, and I each month about a variety of topics. You can see all of the information on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. So consider becoming a supporting member today and help us further the work of the Holy Spirit moving in and through this community. Together, we can do amazing things. We are so grateful for your support, and may God bless you. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. We are delighted that you are with us on this journey, and last week we talked about scripture, and this week we're going to talk about, we're going to launch like a little trilogy, because the Trinity is a trinity, three in one. We're going to talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to talk about God the Father and how God cares for us as Father. Um, But I want to say, maybe many of you don't know this, but I just want to tell you that Michelle Benzinger, who's with us as she usually is, she is like party thrower extraordinaire and she sends pictures of her back porch and her backyard and all her parties and she wants me to come but I'm stuck in Texas so Michelle can you talk a little bit about your heart for hospitality didn't you just throw an engagement party for somebody is that true well there was an engagement party next door and there was a bridal shower on Saturday so (laughs) love is in the air in Florida right now so but you know this isn't the case for other people but actually throwing parties in hospital like it actually relaxes me like I love oh tell us all about that please all the introverts are like oh do tell yeah yeah I just like (laughs) setting my house up I love doing the decorations and the centerpieces and all of that kind of good stuff but I just love anytime I can gather people it's just Mm -hmm. fun for me like it really is it's not uh and it's the really great thing that makes you finish all the home projects and clean your house really well which is always Mm -hmm. nice so but I just love it and it was really beautiful this shower that we had the other day for one of the young adults that lives in the community around here and um, it's just great celebrating her and just hearing her story and having all the other women come and I had some beautiful succulent 
pumpkins. I will post pictures of it, people. They were adorable. I, if I like real ones so or fake well. ones? No, they're real ones. They're beautiful. And you cut out the middle and you put succulents in it. Yeah, it was rocking oh. it, girl. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> Sister, you and I are like, mm. oh, like I'm trying to like in my mind. Mm. I'm in my mind. Like I'm a little tired right now. I'm like, I'm trying to picture that in my mind. I can't I picture this at like, all. Will, will I find out? I will text you, girls. I will text you. You will totally find out. And so I'm not sending you one to Texas. It'll die there. But you know. <laughs> but I will totally text you pictures. So, Heather, how are you? I'm good. I just returned from this awesome retreat uh, near Saskatoon, Saskatchewan uh, in Canada. And it was called the Rise Beloved Retreat. And it was a women's retreat. 250 women came. It was gorgeous and beautiful and God showed up in big ways. And yeah, it was just a real privilege to be there and be with their community. Uh, it was unusual, you know, and just how vibrant it was, how connected people were. And I got to see an old friend, Bishop Mark Hageman, who was the, the bishop there. And that was just such a blessing to see him. He's just such a good shepherd, a mm -hmm. good priest, a good man. And um, that, yeah, it was inspiring to be with him and super fun mm -hmm. and funny. So it was good for my heart on all levels. How about you, sister? Mm. I'm doing well. We we all we all had adventures last week. I was in uh, Tallahassee last week, um, helping um, Dr. Bob Schutz uh, lead a healing retreat for religious sisters, and it was truly one of the most profoundly beautiful experiences of my entire life. It was a five day retreat, and we had ten sisters come from across the nation, and just to I know we recently had a, an episode on the religious life and the heart of the religious sister, and just to watch. Jesus ministers so tenderly to his brides was, uh, it was just beyond words. And so I was very honored to be, uh, to be part of that and just, oh, it's so lovely. And I went from there out to Seattle to, to give a talk at a conference in Tacoma at the Cornerstone Conference. So hello to all of you there. I'm many, we have many listeners in the Tacoma, Seattle area. So I wanted to say hello to everybody out there and it was fall. And can I just say that? And people kept apologizing for the rain, but I wasn't sorry at all. I wasn't sorry. It's raining. <laughs> Took a picture of the leaves. I was a happy girl. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. So here we go. And Michelle, I'm going to let you kind of talk about your vision because I loved your vision for these, this idea for the next three episodes. So can you talk a little bit about from whence it comes and your heart for our next episodes before we dive into our episode on God the Father? Sure. When we love to brainstorm and figure out what we're going to chat about, the three of us. One of the things besides I would, from the weather. besides from the weather and being old ladies talking about the weather. Anyway, we decided we were uh, praying because I was already teaching on God the Father um, here in Pensacola. So we wanted to talk about like keeping things in the family and really dive into the nature and the relationship of each person in the Trinity because really it is our family and each person in the Trinity has a different characteristic and different nature. And you can have a relationship with all three, but they're one. I know it's a mystery, hard to wrap your mind around it. I just avoid wrapping my mind around it. But anyway, and but it is fa about family and it is about coming closer and getting to know him. So we're going to call this next, actually, it's going to be a series on um, keeping it all in the family and just talking about each person in the mm -hmm. Trinity. Yeah. So Heather, you have thoughts? I love that we're talking about this. It's something that I feel very passionate about and that I talk about you know, whenever I have an opportunity to speak is just the personality of God because he is a person and mm. we are invited into a relationship to get to know him. And I think for many of us, we haven't grown up with that type of interaction with God or even understanding of God. It's more like God's really distant. There's lots of different ways that we relate to God, but somehow we, most of us haven't grown up with a deep, intimate relationship with the person. 
Mm-hmm. The person of the Father, the person, the Son, the person of the Holy Spirit. So I'm super excited. We're diving into this. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking, sister? Yes, I am. I'm just excited to to learn and to grow, and also to receive myself as just listening to the two of you. And uh, and you know, it's often and we go through stages in our journey of as women, and you know, and for the men who are listening, and in our prayer, where sometimes in our journey we feel closer to Jesus, or we feel closer to the Holy Spirit, or to, closer to the Father. And so it's really good for us to understand understand um, just the particular uh, personality of each because they're persons, you know, three persons and one God. And so when we talk about um, God the Father especially, there's the profound reality of identity. And so um, identity is the, the, the bestowing of I am who I am upon us, and that comes from God the Father himself. And so what we're going to use, the, the quote we're actually going to use to guide this particular episode is a favorite one of ours from um, Pope um, St. John Paul II, who's just wonderful and such a father, oh my gosh, such a father to many. And uh, to all, really. And he's, this is a quote from um, World Youth Day, and so perhaps some of you have heard it before, but he says this. He says, we are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. We are the sum of the Father's love for us and our real capacity to become the image of His Son, Jesus. And I think many times when we speak about God the Father, and it may be for many of us, it brings up places of fear or hiding or weaknesses and failures. And sometimes that um, resonates because those are some of the um, experiences we had maybe with our earthly fathers. But what what the Lord is coming to remind us of, and, and Jesus is going to reveal this to us, we're going to talk about Jesus, but um, that the Father is His heart for us and His desire for us, and He creates us uh, out of love. And His desire is to bring us into His, into his own life, His own heart. And so when God the Father looks at us, uh, He doesn't look at us as some of our weaknesses and failures. He um, He sees us in love and in the image of His Son. And that's a profound reality that we can know theologically, but to allow that to come to the depths of who we are in our hearts what actually has a profound uh, transformation of how we live, how we see the world, how we see each other, how we give the gift of ourselves in love. And so this reality of being a, a son or daughter of God is the most profound reality that we can embrace. So uh, Michelle, what do you, as you kind of journey into the Father and you're teaching this to you know, some of the missionaries down there, what are some of the things that it's important for you in your own journey, but also as a teacher to impart to the people? I think this is like foundational. This is huge. Like yeah. if we can know who our true identity as beloved daughter or our sonship, you know, and th- this is the crux here, like, and really understanding how the Lord sees us, how the Father sees us, um, what his intention was when he created us. You know, if we go back to Genesis, he created male and female and he created them and he said it was good, you know? And so like, I love to think of him first and foremost, the Father as creator. Like, and I love that he th- he thought of you, like he has the best imagination, the prophetic mm-hmm. imagination, and, like a good designer artist, like he thought of the blueprint of your heart and your quirks and your, all the different things that made you you and he thought like this time in history and even in this family we were like Lord what were you thinking on that one this family but anyway <laughs> like so this true. time in history and this time in family and the and I, we said it before on the podcast but the things that we think are quirks about our personality he made them especially because they're endearing to him you know because they're made in his image and likeness like we bear his name like we belong to him you know and I love even thinking about it when he looks at us and his gaze upon us and he says, that one's mine. Like this one, she belongs to me. Like mm-hmm. I created her. And when we make him personal, it comes alive. That, that, you know, no matter what I do, no matter what weaknesses I have, I belong to him. And that is enough. And I'm enough because 
I'm created in his image and likeness, and he is my father, and that makes me enough, not what I do, but who I intrinsically am in um, him. And, you know, and I think he is like, I think we forget he is like continuously gazing upon us and speaking words of chosenness and belovedness Mm -hmm. and goodness and just over us. Like these are the endearing words the father has for his children. So, yeah, like um, like but you both said, it just gets me excited mm-hmm. because this is who we are. And man, if we could grasp this, it's a game changer for everything mm-hmm. else. So Heather, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love thinking, oh gosh, I mean, I don't know where to start. I know, there's <laughs> That's so how much, it feels. Yeah. We're talking about a topic that is so, so important and is radically transforming my life even as we speak. And this has been a very long journey, you know, to the heart, the real heart of the Father. And inevitably, when we start to talk about who the Father really is, we are faced with the false images that we have. Mm-hmm you know, of the Father. And particularly what you said, Michelle, about the gaze of God, that has been very healing for me um, as I have allowed myself to sit in the gaze of the Father and really ponder what that means. And it started with Father Mark Toops, actually, on a video. He said something like in one of his prayers, he said, you know, the gaze of the Father, he's like, let's just sit and become aware of the gaze of God, which is already upon us, something like that. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but it stuck so deeply in my heart. I was like, it's true. He's already looking at me. I don't have to like, hey, Father, Father, like try to get attention, which we're going to dive into some of those things about, how, you know, our our false image that we have to perform to get God's attention. But just that beginning point that God is already gazing on us with eyes of love is transforming. I can't quite move from that place right now. Like I keep coming back there constantly. What are your mm-hmm. first few thoughts, sister? I think that's so true. And I think that we, um, like we've talked about in some other episodes that we are at the same time at times, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, there's another quote here by St. John Paul, being a single, unique, and unrepeatable, someone thought of and chosen from eternity, someone called and identified by name. And all of us have that desire to be called, to be chosen from all eternity, to be you single and unique and unrepeatable regard that we don't want to be a carbon copy of something else. We want to be ourselves. And, uh, you know, we don't always have the, the joy of that experience. And so the Father creating, you know, sometimes I often share with people that, you know, if you can just kind of imagine from the beginning of time when God creates Adam and Eve to the end of time, if creation is ever consummated where God is finished, uh, of all the billions of people, of all the billions of people that God will have created, he will have never created or recreated or recycled or cloned a single one. Like just the the sheer artistry of God. You know, Dr. Peter Kreft says we're artists because God is. And just the reality of that, that he relates to each one of us like that. He's not relating to us through somebody else, or he's not relating to us by what other people think of us. So God's not God's love is not a summation of, you know, the, the thoughts of other people about me, but the fact that he knows me and that he understands me and that he loves me gives a sure uh, reality of the identity to which I stand, that he's the one who created me, he's the one who defines me, and he's the, ultimately the one who knows me to the fullest extent. And that is where we bring our gaze back when it's, you know, like we've talked about, um, Henry Nouwen talks about that, that we look elsewhere for, to find our belovedness. You know, we look to all these other things, but it's like the father continually, like the, the pair of the prodigal son, the father continually coming out to us to remind us of who we are and to speak words of life and to bring us back home because that's what the father does. He brings us home. Mm -hmm. That's a great distinction to make that it's very personal. 
to us. Because I think many of us have the impression that God is like way up there, like above the earth, like in the in the heavens or in the in space or maybe just above space looking down on the collective humanity, the collective mm-hmm. earth, that God's gaze is on the earth instead of God's gaze is actually on you and mm-hmm. it's on me, like his eyes are on me, you know, and that that gaze isn't full of contempt and, mm. you know, disgust or whatever, whatever other experiences we may have had, yeah. but it's always a gaze of love, pure love. And you realize, okay, you can't earn love. You only, you receive love. Like you can't hustle and earn it. You receive it. And we can study God's nature and his character, but unless you experience it personally, it will not become manifest in your life. It will not become a relationship that embodies his love where you can give and receive because it has to become a real tangible thing. Like understanding that the Father loves you, sitting in his gaze, getting to know his character. And then when you get to know who he is and his different attributes, then you start noticing him. Like you notice like something, like his different personality traits and, and he just becomes even more real to you. Like you know that he is love. And we say that like God is love. You throw that out. You know, I mean, how many different times do you hear that? But then like if you go to like First Corinthians um, 13, it says, love is patient, love is kind, mm-hmm. you know, love never gosh, fails, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is who he mm-hmm. is. And he's the God that just like, he doesn't leave. He doesn't lie. He just doesn't tolerate you. He's not indifferent to you. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yes. And, he's, and he's fully present. You know, he's just not like they're humoring you. Like he is fully present. So, and like one of the things that I even add always the list of the attributes to God, because like I've been dealing with, you know, just my children and counseling, he's securely attached to you. He's not leaving. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Like he has like the secure uh-huh. attachment to him. You know, like he is not going to let you go. And it was just so interesting. I was walking, I was telling um, some of the young adult girls that are around here the other day that I was walking Lily across the Target parking lot. And she grabbed my hand, which is, Aww. she won't let me, hold, she won't hold my hand when I walk her to school anymore. Cause mom, I'm in fifth grade. I'm getting a little, t- yeah. Cause her friends could see this, but she grabbed my hand. I said, Oh, you'll hold it. We were walking across the parking lot here. And she goes, yeah, I don't want you to lose me. And she said, but I don't want to get too far away from you. Hmm. You know? And I just, it was just something so sweet and simple, but That's like, great. it was the same thing. Like he has his grip on us. He's holding our hand. And so, and you know, and like a good father, when we are going through hard times, we can hold his hand even tighter if we need yes. to and remind us that he has his grip on us, that we are securely attached to him and he's not letting go and he will not yeah. leave. <laughs> he will always be there. And mm-hmm. I think I've told this story when I've done marriage stuff, like for me, my earthly father, like it is a very strained relationship. There's just a lot of stuff there. And I don't want to go too much in the story because I need to still honor him. But when I got married, like Chris could tell me he loves me, but if he told me he never leave me, that um, mattered more to me than anything else mm-hmm. because I just had this huge fear of abandonment, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's been this process of God the Father walking in and my heart and my life and say, hey, like I'm here, I am not leaving and I am trustworthy and, um, and I can see you in everything. And even when I see you at your worst, I won't, I won't leave. I'll still be present and I'll still be here. So you don't have to hide, you know? And I think that's a lot of times mm. what you were talking about, sister. We hide from the father. And it's so silly because it's actually like a little kid, like covering his eyes, saying, you can't see me, you know? But you're like, yeah, you're right there, babe, you know? And so, yeah. Heather, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess, you know, something I'm thinking is like, are we willing to consider 
that our view of God might not be true, that what we think about love might not be true. Because we sometimes just fly through life, right? Or just going through, and we we have this idea that the way that we see the world is the right way to see the world, because we're not really stopping to think about it. It's just our experience over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think there's like a, a question to ask ourselves, like, am I willing to have my idea of who God might be blown up, you know, so that I can truly accept who He really is? Because there are two stories going on, and it's from the very beginning of time, you know, from the very beginning in the garden when Adam and Eve were there and the enemy came in and he started to weave another story into the mix, which was doubt in the heart of God, doubt Mm -hmm. in the heart of the Father that he actually was good. It's like, oh, is he really? Did he ask you not to do this? Why would he do that? Is he holding out on you? There was all these suggestions from the enemy that broke the trust. You know, it started to threaten the trust that Adam and Eve had with the Father. And the relationship at the beginning was so beautiful. They're walking in the cool of the day, like, like, you know, picking kale and walking with God and talking with him like, yeah, Sister Miriam's dream right there. Um, yeah, and so, but w- what happened? It was these suggestions of the enemy that started to like give an impression of God that was false. Yeah. And this is our story too. It's not just Adam and Eve. The enemy has been suggesting to each of us from the very beginning through our stories that God isn't who he says he is. And then our experience of humans and our experience of love and what it should be has been damaged and broken and hurt. So where we should have been loved, we should have been, you know, someone should have stayed or they should have said this or done this or they shouldn't have done certain things has caused even our understanding of what love is to become so damaged that I I have pondered deeply in my own heart, like, how do I view love and where has it gotten so mixed up that it, it, I don't even know what love is anymore. You know, am I willing to consider these truths? And I love this quote from the Catechism. It's in uh, number 239 in the Catechism. It says that uh, it's talking about how God is creator and he's the father. Um, and God's parental tenderness can also be expressed by the image of motherhood, which emphasizes God's Imminence, the intimacy between creator and creature. Mm. The language of faith thus draws on the human experience of parents. Now, this is important. Parents who are in a first way, the first representatives of God for man. But this experience also tells us that human parents are fallible Mm -hmm. and can disfigure the face of fatherhood and motherhood. And so, it's talking about how, you know, parents can mess up how we view who God is because they're our first experience of God. And then it just goes on to say, that's my favorite quote, maybe ever in the catechism, no one is father as God is father. Mm, that's beautiful. And so I think it's like we have to acknowledge, wow, the way that our parents interacted with us, whether it was their mm-hmm. fault or not, it's not about blaming anybody. But I know that I have disfigured the face of God for my children because I can be moody and I can be impatient. And I, that's not who God is. That's that's me and my fallenness. So are we willing to go, wow, these images may have damaged who I think God is? And am I willing to let God heal, restore, and show me who he actually is, you know, reveal to me actually his goodness and kindness in a personal way, actually show me his deep, deep heart for me, actually let him look at me with that gaze of love, actually experience that I am like a true child of his that doesn't have to work for it. I can just be who I am Mm -hmm. and I'm loved as who I am. Oh, Heather, that's so beautiful. I'm glad you brought up that catechism quote. I I know that's one of your favorites and I I love it. It's just so beautiful. And I, 
it's, you know, it's very true. You know, John Paul II elsewhere says that, you know, original sin is really the, the denialhood of the fatherhood of God, is the denial of the fatherhood of God. And, um, and that's exactly what's happening there. It's like this denial of, of who God is, of who his heart is. And so, you know, and many times we project onto God um, the broken places in our life. And I know for myself, I really had to um, examine that. And I still do. And amen. And I hope it never ends. And so I just, I know for myself and my journey, my dad, God rest his soul, um, was just a wonderful man. He just faithful to my mom to the end. Wonderful man. Just absolutely delightful. Um, but there are just parts of his heart where he, for, because of his own story, where he couldn't engage. And so he did not pursue me or he didn't really know how to get to know me. And there were massive things happening in our family at times that he did not step up to stop. And so I think the lie for me is that I'm not worth protecting or that I'm not worth standing up for, that I'm not worth mm-hmm. pursuing. And so um, that particular lie, that there's there's been many implanted in my heart, but that was one of them of like, Lord, do you care? Do you really care about this here? Like, this is important to me. Do you really care? And not that my dad didn't care outright, but like, this was his own story. So I think in allowing the Lord to engage those tender places of where I see that pattern in my life of like, I'm just going to take care of it on my own. Or like, it doesn't really matter anyway. So I'm just going to do this. I'm going to have to just, you know, kind of figure this out on my own. Uh, but allowing the Father to gaze upon me um, and just to delight in me there and to speak of who he really is. So then I'm not um, living out a different story and a different narrative, but his story of love for me. And that's a tender journey, isn't it? That's a tender journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It sure is. And I mean, there's lots of places that we can go with those questions and desires, is there Mm -hmm. not? And and I know for the three of us, like our life is made up of a thousand other places that we went with those desires to be seen and loved and pursued, you know, whether it be things of the Mm -hmm. world or other people. Um, But really, again, like recognizing the truth that God is the only one who truly can satisfy the deepest desires of our hearts and actually restore, you know, restore like the original desire that we have, which is good. It is good at the core that you want to be seen and known for who you are. Now, it may have gotten twisted along the way. You know, you might be like needy or performing or, you know, whatever, like sucking up attention. But at the very core, it is a good desire. It's it's how you were made because God actually wants to fulfill it. It's who He is. You know, this reciprocity of like, we want to see God but we want to be seen as well. Like this is reciprocal love mm. that is pure. And when that's, we don't, we're not going to get that, you know, no matter how great our relationships are, we are not going to get it to the fullness of what God desires without mm-hmm. going directly to him. But um, I think often we don't live like we have yeah. a father, you know, we mm-hmm. live like an orphan. And I think that's something we should just mm-hmm. dive into real quick here because mm-hmm. it's an important topic. Yeah. So Heather, you address like when we're living like an orphan that we have a disfigured view of the father or we have a distorted view of the father. And so there's areas like, you know, all of a sudden this is, you know, like you claim your sonship or your daughterhood and like you think it's a one time thing, but we're continuously daily claiming this is our identity. Like put a stake in the ground. This is who I am and this is who you are, you know, and we love this quote by Jonathan Helser. Fear grows in any place where I have a distorted view of the father. Like it's because we haven't been able to see clearly his face. Like there is some way his face is disfigured. And so if his face is disfigured, then the way he, we can't see him looking at us with that pure gaze of love, the way he looks at it, you know, and there's just like characteristics, like how, like, where's your heart check? Like, all right, like an orphan performs um, for love, feels like he has to perform or earn love, you know, where a daughter or a son knows how to receive love and knows how to freely give love. You know, and then an orphan compares themselves mm-hmm. to others. 
You know, I think everything is a comparison game where a daughter or a son can champion and celebrate others because they know that God is a God of abundance and there's a place for every single person at the table that we do not have to get scraps off the floor or hustle and elbow to get just that tiny piece of food off the floor like that, you know, but that we have a seat and a place at a heavenly banquet. And I think it's like for us, like an orphan is self-reliant, feels they have to hustle for the worth, but, or I just have to do it myself. Mm. I can't count on anybody else. I just have to do it myself. Like if I am the one that's keeping all the plates spinning and if I stop, they're all going to fall down, you know, but a daughter's son rests in the father's embrace. And it was just interesting. I was in Baltimore for the Blessed Is She um, retreat about two weeks ago, and the women were amazing, and they were beautiful. But I had so many of them tell me, and this is just a common theme, they're exhausted. Yeah, They are exhausted. You know, Mm -hmm. like the pace of life is just exhausting. So what does it look like for us to rest Mm -hmm. in His embrace? And that's where a Sabbath comes in. You know, when we trust in God to take a Sabbath, Mm -hmm. is that He's like, I have things to do. All right. Is he God or you God? You know, like he'll take care of it. You rest, you know. And I think the big garden one, you know, is Eve Mm -hmm. is an orphan allows shame and sin to define them. A daughter, a son allows the father's mercy and love to define them. And so the areas that we have been sinful or we have um, fallen short, that this isn't the time to hide from God. This is the time to run into his embrace fully. Like, this isn't the time to shrink back. This is the time to go forward and say, love me. And he delights, like St. Therese talks about this a lot in her writing, but he delights when you fall down and you trust him enough to go into his lap. The first thought is like, you're not thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I'm going to be in trouble. I better hide. But nope. Your first thought is, I'm going to go to the Father and embrace him. He's going to make it all better and kiss all my boo-boos and keep on going, Mm -hmm. you know? And it is just constantly claiming this identity Mm -hmm. and seeing like a heart check. Okay, where am I distorting this view Mm -hmm. of his gaze? You know, sister? Well, and I love what you're saying here, what you both are saying, because it's a daily journey. And our hearts are neither all or nothing. I, I, w- I would imagine, even as you're both talking, I'm seeing all those places in my own heart that, you know, where, where the, is the nuances, right? And so it's just like this small journey every day of like what's happening during the day. Like we talk about, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to bring those to life and and to journey within and say, okay, gosh, you know, I'm comparing myself to this person here or I'm struggling in this area of sin, so I just want to hide. You know, just so just being very aware of what's going on and just taking the small step to... Um, to open our hearts to the Father, and and perhaps for many of us, you know, just the the unspeakable pain of of maybe what happened with your earthly father, or just other things in life have just even shut that down so deeply that you can't even imagine. And just just to go before the Lord today, right now, and just say, Lord, I don't know how to start this journey. Like I don't even know how to do that. But could you help me? Could you help me? And the Lord, like you're saying, Michelle, delights to do that. And he loves to, he loves to reveal who he truly is. And that's what the scriptures, like that's what the scriptures do. They reveal the face of the Father. And so that's very important for us to continually in our journey and all the nuances of our hearts to allow God to claim us as his own because it is to he whom we belong. And that's the best, that's the best part of the story, isn't it? <laughs> hmm And I think when we think about the Father, like you can't help but think about who is the child. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's a father to a child. Yes. And many of us as adults, we have lost so much of that. You know, there's such a a switch that goes on where we're like, nope, got to grow up, put aside childish ways. And yeah, like, yeah, there's, yeah, we have to mature and grow. But 
the kingdom living of Therese, which she, St. Therese, which she got so deeply was like, you have to also stay Amen. little. Mm-hmm. Like maturity Amen. is does not mean that you can't be little. It's actually yeah. you find as you grow and spiritually mature, littleness is key. It's the foundation of it all because mm. this is how God shows That's his so strength true. and he can actually be who he says he is in our life when there is lots of space. Well, let me tell you, I am coming to grips with it. I have all kinds of space where I need, desperately need God to be big. Because I'm like, I am not equipped for this. I am too small yes. for this. I don't have what it takes, you know, and to come to grips with that, not on a, like a diminishing level or like a lo- self-loathing level, but to just go, wow, it's okay. It's okay that I don't have it all, that I can't do it all. Like, and actually I'm finding finally in my life that there's some rest there mm-hmm. because we do have a father. If we didn't have a father mm-hmm. who cared or who could intervene, well, shoot, we are really hooped, you know, like we're really in trouble, but but we do, we do have a father who cares. We do have a father who has what it takes, whose arms are super strong, who wants to intervene and and who just wants us to be with him. Like that's where I was this weekend at the retreat. One of the most powerful moments for me was after I received the Eucharist and I was just sitting in my chair and I felt like God just said, Heather, look at me. <gasps> And I just, in my heart, I was like just lifting my gaze to him. And he just said, you can rest here Mm. with me. And I just had this image of me putting my head on the chest of God the Father. And I was hearing his heartbeat. And he said, do you hear the pace of my heart? It's different than the pace that you're running. Mm. Like, you you need to rest here, Heather. And you need to be moving to this pace. Mm. And I was just, I was completely wrecked by it. Because it was deep and it was personal and it was true and it was kind. It was so kind. Yeah. And it was such a relief, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it was such a relief. And I think that, I mean, it's just so beautiful, but that's his voice, his voice. And I think when mm-hmm. you realize what his voice sounds like and that he wants to speak to us, that it is, you know, it is kind and it's tender and it's forgiving and it brings a peace. And yes, this is the voice that called creation to an existence, but it's also the voice that calms your heart and, you know, and it stopped the waves from, you know, rocking the boat in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And like, even when he has to, like, it is not condemning. It is not judging. It does not invoke fear. It is the opposite. Now he will convict, you know, but his conviction is because he wants us to come closer. You know, scripture tells us his kindness leads us to repentance because he wants us in that embrace. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to be distanced from us. So when we hear things, like one of the first questions that we have to ask ourselves is, is this the sound and the tone, basically the tone of the father's voice? Amen. Is it calling forth who I am or is it condemning me? You know, does it speak who you are as a beloved daughter or son? Or is it, you know, say that you're, because if it doesn't line up, then it's not him. And I think that's one of the biggest keys in prayer is learning to hear his voice for yourself personally. Mm -hmm. That was one of the notes I took this morning, Michelle. So I'm so glad you said it. It was one thing I wanted to talk about the question, what is his tone? Yes. What is the tone of voice that we hear scripture with? Like when God, you know, says something in scripture, is it like, hey, get it together, you know, or like this kind of condemning voice, or is it truly his voice? Like what a great reflection for each of us as we listen to our own hearts and the voices that roll around in there. What truly is the voice of the Father? Awesome. Um, Amen. Amen. What are your last thoughts? (laughs) I couldn't have said it better. Maybe, yeah. 
Yeah. Just to listen, <laughs> just to listen to the Lord and allow him the freedom to speak. Not to say, I know what you're going to say. I know how you're going to say it. We don't. But just to open our hearts and just to allow the Lord to speak over us in a special way this week. Allow the Father to to speak over each of our lives, especially maybe one particular area of our life. And just to see what happens. Like let his kindness, let his love, let his tenderness, let his restoration just to really speak to a particular part of our heart, you know? Yeah. Mm, it's beautiful. Maybe what we could do is before we um, before we offer our one mm. thing, maybe we could just pray. Should we just pray for everybody? Mm-hmm. Amen. So let's just... Um, so Father, we thank you. We thank you for calling us your sons and daughters. And we just ask that you would open our hearts to you. And Lord, we surrender to you the places where we have misjudged you, where we think you're something that you're not. And Lord Jesus, we just give you permission. Father, we give you permission to open our hearts to a new area of your love. We surrender our, our hearts to you. And we just pray that you would father us, that you would speak to the deepest parts of who we are, that you would affirm us in your love, that we would grow in security of who we are in your sight, and that you would always be the place where our gaze is directed. And Father, I just pray that you would heal the places where we have not been fathered well. We just pray for our own fathers, wherever they are right now. We pray for healing for each one of them. Father, I pray that your outpouring of, of love would heal families, would heal marriages, would heal each one of us. We just pray you would soften our hearts to allow ourselves to be loved by you. We thank you. We thank you for loving us. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, sister. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, dears, I know we could go, like every other topic we have, we could go on for a long time about this. And like I said, this is just the start of a little trilogy, a trinity here. And so (laughs) then we'll talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit, just to kind of see what the Father's doing in your life this week. So, ladies, how about our one thing? Can I just start? Because I'm just going to make just an open plea for prayer. So this is actually, I'm I'm headed to the Philippines, um, and I'm going to actually help, uh, I'm going to lead a a healing retreat for our sisters over there. So this is actually going to air the very day the retreat starts. So I'm just going to make a shameless plug for prayer. (laughs) If you could pray for um, the 32 sisters that will be on retreat and myself and the priest and um, the two other sisters that will be with me as prayer support, we would really... So we're just asking for, yes, an encounter with the Father, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit for each one of us. So if you could please pray for us in the Philippines, that God would do beautiful things in the heart of each of the sisters, uh, my own included. That would be really wonderful. So... All our dear sisters in the Philippines, y'all are minors as well. So thank you very much. Heather, what about you, sweet girl? Well, I have I have two one things Yay. because by the time Monday comes, you will have been at my house <laughs> Yay, because you're coming this Thursday. Right. And you're going to be on my couch and we're going to drink yes, coffee sir. together and, and it's going to be glorious. So mm-hmm. I know by Monday mm-hmm. that's going to be my one thing. Yeah, we're going to eat popcorn. It's going to be we're going to have all the things, do all the things yes, like in a short 24 hours <laughs> when you come up to Vancouver. So my second one thing is a playlist, which I made a while ago, uh, but I can't stop playing it. <laughs> it's called Acoustic Worship, and it's on Spotify, and I will put Dude, the link good. in I like the it. show notes so mm-hmm. you can find it. 
Yeah, I like it a lot too. And there's one song in particular that I just added. I kind of rejigged this podcast or this um, playlist a little bit, and it's called Nothing Else by Cody Carnes. And it's it's gorgeous and very deep and very beautiful. So I hope that that playlist blesses you. Michelle. I would have to say I want to give a shout out to the women that I got to meet at Baltimore about two weeks ago. When it airs maybe three weeks ago at the Blessed Is She Baltimore. I would love to give a shout out to all of the girls that are at the Naval Yay! Academy that yeah. were there. They Go were girls. just awesome and they were amazing. And I would love to get a shout out to the three sisters, um, Sister Maria Kim and Sister Bethany and Sister Magdalena oh, yeah. from the Sisters of St. Paul. They were just delightful. And I know they oh. listen to the podcast and y'all. They are just like sunshine, you know, like just all three of them. <laughs> they are. The daughters of St. Paul are great. I love them. They are just all three of them. <laughs> and they may be little, but they are mighty, those three women. And so they can throw it down. So they were just delightful. Um, so it was just so great. And then I have to tell you, Hillsong's new album is Rockin' My World. But that song, Awake My Soul, it is just mm-hmm. the the melody of it and just the words of it are so rich. Mm-hmm. And it just it looks like it sounds like um, the beginning of the book of Isaiah, you know, where I can hear his robe coming into the throne room. I mean, and for me, I'm such a visual person. So the imagery that I get in my head when like I listen to that song, like it is like some good throne room worship for me. And so and of course, congratulations, because mm-hmm. they're so innovative mm-hmm. and amazing mm-hmm. Hill songs. So I'm just always blown away. So, yeah, mm. those are my two things, three things, whatever they are. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, amen. Well, dear friends, we are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. We are the sum of the Father's love for us and our real capacity to become the image of His Son, Jesus. And as you walk this week, know that you are deeply loved by a Father who cares about every detail. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Could you also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. All the show notes are in your podcast app, but if you'd like them emailed to you, you can go to our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe. On our website, you will also find all of our past episodes and information about various episodes. You can also join our private Facebook group and get in on the discussion and all the beautiful things that are happening there. We are so glad that you are on the journey with us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Thank you.